0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round two. On round two today, Tamara Cherry is here from Pickup Communications. Also, a recently published uh, book, if you want to give it a plug...
0: Yes, The Trauma Beat, a case for rethinking the business of bad news, officially published yesterday. Thanks, Excellent. John. I'm sorry I
1: missed the party, but as I tell everybody these days, I can only do one thing a day. <laughs> I'm just getting too old and cranky. Uh, let's see, who else is here? Principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy who created Touchdowns and Fumbles, Bob Reed, is here, and Lindsay Broadhead is a strategic communications and public affairs advisor. The story Jerry was referencing, all. will Start with actually today, because it's just so, I don't know, it's so emblematic of the times we're living in, which is where people will take you know, a story of any kind and think, how could this be triggering? How could this be outrageous? How can I make a fuss over this? At Q Beach Junior Public School, they put up a sign, which incidentally the slogan was composed by the kids themselves, and the sign said, life does not come with a manual, it comes with a mom. And then some Natty Nabob of negativity decided to start blogging about it, and now it's got to come down. Lindsay Broadhead, let me start with you on this one.
2: It's utterly absurd. It is so sad. We should be celebrating all the parents. If if you don't have a mom, then celebrate your dad. If you don't have parents, then celebrate your grandparents. If you don't have those, celebrate your neighbors. Celebrate um, the people who raise us. You know, like this is this is basic stuff and. Um, this isn't about equality. We should be teaching our kids to enjoy and love what we have. So if we we don't have one thing, then let's celebrate the things that we do have.
1: Yeah, Tamara Cherry, I get a little sad on Mother's Day. I don't spend too much time on it. Mom's no longer here. But for the love of Pete, deciding that this sign is triggering is ridiculous
0: ah john i think that this conversation is emblematic of the times we're living in because we're being outraged by the outrage and on and on it goes (laughs) i think that the school board did the right thing by changing it actually in doing so they should have been changing the channel on this conversation but that obviously didn't work i'm a mom i love the love i get on and leading up to my special day but as a mother who is hyper aware of the fact that this day is incredibly difficult for so many who either lost their mom or lost their child or their children. It has long made me a wee bit uncomfortable that we celebrate this the way we do in schools where there are such a diversity of families. So I think that we should just be letting families find their own ways to celebrate or not and leave the cards to Hallmark.
1: All right. Well, Bob Reed,
3: you can break the tie. Well, then I guess we better cancel Mother's Day tomorrow. We, we, we shouldn't have any observation. We shouldn't have any celebration of moms because that, that could be triggering for somebody who has lost their mother or, or was adopted or, you know, on, on and on and on it goes. Um, there is a valuable lesson here. Uh, for the for the kids and that is if you put your heart into something and come up with something creative and beautiful and put it out to the world some knob is gonna dump on you for it and make (laughs) your life miserable that's the lesson coming out of this I mean the kids came up with something very clever very creative and then a person who doesn't even have a child at the school posts about it and it becomes a thing and no no we have to take it away it's just just a classic sign of the times
1: Um, Here's another outrageous situation, and maybe it's just somebody exercising a thought experiment, because I can't imagine they take it really seriously as an argument. The idea that if somebody has challenging social conditions, if they have a hard time making the rent or they can't find equitable housing, that they should be allowed to have medical assistance in dying. Bob, I'll start with you on this one.
3: Uh, I'm really, really troubled by this. I'm a full supporter of the MAID program. I think it actually is uh, is, is something that Canada should be very proud of, that we as a society uh, recognize that for people who are terminally ill, who have no chance of recovery or long-term survival, and who are otherwise doomed to a long, slow, and in many cases painful decline because of their medical conditions. I think we're we're tremendously uh, uh, Progressive and merciful by by giving them that option where it troubles me is in cases like this where we're starting to blur the lines We are now saying well, they also under this circumstance Then you should have that right and under that circumstance and I I think I think it, it takes us from a point i i use the call me crass if you want but uh i i have used the the analogy of how we treat our pets you know, that we, we, uh, we won't hesitate to, uh, take a terminally ill dog and put them down to end their suffering because the, the outcome is inevitable. Uh, I think that parallel applies, but now I think we're getting to the point where, oh, uh, we can't find a proper home for this dog, so we'll just put them down. I think that's the, the slope that we're sliding down when it comes to, as I say, blurring the lines on this, and it troubles me very much.
1: Yeah, Tamara, I'm starting to think next it'll be, you know, somebody wants medical assistance and dying because they can't get Netflix. Uh,
0: no, I, I'm sorry. I completely disagree with you guys. Bob, I don't know if you're upset by the, like in the analogy that you used, would the the blame be going on the person that's putting the dog down or the fact that society can't find a home for it? Because I think that we are pointing a finger in the wrong direction when it comes to this argument. It is, uh, this conversation, this, and this paper that was written by these philosophers in the Journal of Medical Ethics is pointing out that this, this, it's not saying that, yes, yeah, we should be, we should be letting all these people die, or whatever. It's, it's not so, it's such a flippant argument. It is so nuanced. It is, it is tragic. And what they're saying is that. You know, this is this is, you know, an abhorrent situation that these people are in that they shouldn't be in to begin with. You know, we should have adequate housing. We shouldn't have uh, these situations where people feel like they have no other option. But to die, to deny them the option of dying with dignity, which is what MAID was all about. Um, and and basically just saying no, if you want to end your life, then you can go and do it yourself, Um, it's it's not right, and it's failing them again. So until us as a society are in a place where we can actually provide adequate housing to everybody, where we aren't facing all of these social situations that are driving people to want to end their own lives, then we shouldn't be further causing them harm by forcing them to live in that suffering. I think that there was, there was one research fellow who spoke against this in this paper and or in the the news article we read rather, who said that this is more than tragic. It's a moral stain on our country for which future generations will have to atone for. And I agree. It is more than tragic that people in this country feel like they are better off dead than living in the so- social circumstances that we have constructed for them.
1: Okay, listen, I want to leap to a few other issues this morning. Lindsay Broadhead, I'll start with you. Earlier this morning, uh, Mitzi Hunter made it clear that she will indeed be resigning today as an MPP to run for mayor. And I don't want to put a hex on her campaign, but she is an outlier, and she could find herself completely out of public service should she lose in the twenty-six.
2: Well, I think she's made a decision and also done so very consciously. She wants to move on from her current uh, provincial role. And, you know, we all tip our hat on this show all the time to politicians. It's a, a bloody hard job and they do it so selflessly. So I mean, congrats to her for the work that she has done. Um, I think anyone who is throwing their hat, though, in this municipal ring knows that it's a a stretch. Um, she's got some a group of supporters, but, uh, you know, currently not uh, not in the lead or not a not showing leader leadership in the long term we'll see though it's still early days. Um, but, you know, it's 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 good that she's moving on, and who knows what the future will bring. These, she's going to have a great platform to showcase her ideas, her thoughts, her team, uh, and that will be able to come together in any number of different platforms, whether it's the mayoral candidacy or uh, another role.
1: Okay. Well, Bob Reed, it certainly is a, a signal, and I guess in a field of candidates trying to stand out, saying, I'm giving up my job to take the chance to be elected mayor, at the very least, it's a bold gesture.
3: Well, it is, but it's also just following the rules. And, and I think it is a good rule that we have that our MPPs have to resign their seat if they want to seek uh, office in a different area of government. So, you know, uh, good for her, but uh, I, let, let's not heap too much praise on somebody who's just following the rules that have to be followed. Um, I'd I, 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 Good on her, and and I commend her for her service, but uh, yeah, she's she's just doing what she has to. Okay,
1: but tomorrow, a lot of other people don't have to give up their job. There are people who are actually working day jobs right now as lawyers and salespeople and all that kind of thing and running for mayor at the same time.
0: I, I tend to agree with, I think it was Laura Babcock on round one today who said that there's there's some sort of strategy behind what Mitzi, Mitzi Hunter is doing, but I don't think it's to become mayor. You know, I, I think that maybe she doesn't want to be an MPP anymore and she's looking for some other opportunity. I don't know, but... I, I don't think that she has a chance in this race, quite frankly, but that's not to say that she's not going to go do other fantastic things. I'm just interested to see what the what the final destination point is.
1: Not a lot of time left on the clock, but a moment perhaps for a little nostalgia. There's a woman, 21, who is suing a school board in B.C. for injuries she suffered at the age of five on the monkey bars. Uh, Bob Reed, aside from this seemed, seeming to be vexatious litigation, it prompts the question, do you miss the days when playgrounds were deadly?
3: <laughs> when I think back on some of the uh, now medieval torture devices <laughs> that used to, used to blanket our playgrounds, uh, it, it makes me shake my head
1: Yeah, I mean, Lindsey Broadhead, I always remember scrambling to the top of the monkey bars and risking falling down and breaking an arm, but that's just the way things were
2: It was amazing. We had a tower. I went to a school called Morse Cody. We had a tower that they got the whole school on when um, one of the uh, spaceships was flying across the sky in the 80s. And it teetered and it tottered and we risked our lives every day. It was the best.
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. Good to have you today. I love. We all have these fond memories of almost dying. Uh, Bob Reed, Tamara Cherry and Lindsay Broadhead. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.